Before we start today's episode, I have two reminders I want to share with you. Number one, Show Up and Lean Mastermind Enrollment opens November 28th through December 7th. If you know you want to be a part of Show Up and Lean Mastermind, if you want to work with me, if you want to scale your business to six figures and beyond, do it in a simple way while also getting really great at sales and marketing authentically, I want to invite you in. Enrollment opens November 28th. And you should know there is an eligibility. You must have sold at least $20,000 of coaching in your business to be eligible to apply. That being said, if you haven't, there are going to be other ways to work with me in the future. Second reminder, Simple Scaling Week also starts November 28th. If you haven't signed up, Simple Scaling Week is a five-day event where I will be coaching every single day. I will be teaching you how to scale your business simply, and it's going to happen every single day. It's completely for free. So if you haven't signed up, make sure you're a part of it so you can get first um, view of not only how I coach, but also for you to learn and implement yourself. So go Go to the show notes and sign up there. And then lastly, if you are on the wait list for Show Up and Lead, this means that you have access to apply early right now. For those of you who apply early you and enroll, you will have access to a VIP day with me where you and I will go through your entire business and plan how you're going to set yourself up for six figures and beyond in 2023. So if you are interested, make sure you apply. Let's get on the phone. And if you enroll before the 28th, you get a VIP day. All right, y'all, let's get started with the episode. My name is Catalina del Carmen, and I'm on a mission to put more cash in the hands of women of color. I'm a wife, mom, amiga, prima, and I happen to run a multiple six-figure coaching business. On this show, I share sales and marketing strategies that keep your business simple, your mindset focused, your bank account big, and your impact even bigger. So if you are on a mission to create generational change and you want to make a lot of money doing it, welcome to the Latinas Booked Out Podcast. What is up, y'all? Welcome back to Latinas Booked Out Podcast. I hope you are doing well. I am doing all right. I am revving things up, preparing for my launch of Show Up and Lead Mastermind. And we are starting that open enrollment with Simple Scaling Week, where I'm going to be coaching for five days straight. I will be teaching for five days straight. It's going to be so much fun. So make sure you sign up if you haven't already. Um, Show Up and Lead Mastermind is also going to open November 28th. So it's just going to be so much fun. That being said, I'm also decorating like crazy in my house. I love, love, love Christmas time. Something about Christmas time has always just, I've always told myself a thought that like, it's okay and safe to relax and like be lazy during the holidays. And it's a thought that really serves me. Although now I like to, you know, relax any time of the year. But something about this time of the year, I I like it. It's it's I'm a I'm a Christmas crazy person. <laughs> so I've been decorating a lot. This is also our first time in our house that we just bought in LA. And yeah, I'm just kind of taking it all in. Um, I have a baby, I have my toddler and watching my toddler really enjoy Christmas this year has been so cool. So I'm just counting my blessings, y'all. This is, it's, it's, it's been really freaking cool. But that being said, I'm so excited about today's episode, y'all. I am pumped. So today I have my client Mira on today's episode. She is sharing 
how she booked out her 2023 one-on-one coaching spots. Yes, you heard that correctly. She is just incredible. So let me just tell you like a little bit about her. So she is a queer woman of color, soulmate to a white trans man, daughter of South Indian immigrants, and she's also a life coach. Basically, she helps her clients, mostly queer, BIPOC, marginalized, multi-dimensional people. She helps them rebuild trust in their own deepest instincts so they can really reclaim their power and show up in life and in their community and show up in the way that they want. I know she just does such amazing work and I'm really excited about today's episode because she is giving us such a unique perspective of how she, one, booked out her spots. And also what I love about about everything she shares is that she, one, she put a launch together after really never launching before. She also has one-on-one coaching business. So launching wasn't 100% necessary, but I remember coaching her through the beginning of her launch. And I was like, look, y'all, you don't have to launch any certain way. I mean, this is how I talk to my group, but like you don't have to launch any certain way. And she really launched in a way that was so authentic to her. And I know that she has marketed and really have has thought about her marketing so differently throughout the program that I really wanted to like dig in her own brain and ask her questions about the way she thinks about marketing, the way she thinks about launching, and how she created this amazing result for herself. So anyways, you're going to love this episode. Make sure you take out your pen and paper. It's so, so, so good. And yeah, let's get into it. Let's see how Mira secured 100k and sold out her 2023 spots for the whole year. It's crazy. I don't think I think she has like one or two spots left, but she's not going to sell them right now. So anyways, I don't know. You'll hear more about it here. Let's get into the episode. All right, let's get started. Hi, Mira. How are you today? I am great. I'm really excited to just be honest. (laughs) I'm so excited to have you on the show. Um, I just have loved seeing your journey within this group within show up and lead. Like it's been such a pleasure, not only just getting to know you, um, but you like allowing the whole group just to see how you do business, how you have evolved it, how you've evolved, like literally just seeing it has been such a gift. Okay. Let's tell the people, um, can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself from your point of view? Like, who, who are you? What do you do? Who do you help? Um, yeah, tell us a little bit, just an intro. Yes. Um, my name is Mira Mohan Graham. I am a queer woman of color. I am married to a white trans man. I am the daughter of immigrants. I have chronic health challenges, and the reason all of that is important is because my coaching focuses on the ways that dealing with marginalized or multiply marginalized identities and oppression taints the way that we learn to connect to our own instincts and causes us to just focus so often on like just surviving this world and building kind of funky relationships with with power and the world around us makes us lose touch with who we are at our core or the ways that we operate or what is truly best for us. Yeah, especially among marginalized folks. Yes, yes. I almost exclusively work with marginalized or multiply marginalized folks. So well, thank you so much for the intro. Yeah. Okay. Let's just get started because I have a lot of questions for you. And I, I really do want to just pick your brain, like really pick your brain and understand your perspective on the incredible result that you created for yourself. That like, you know, what's funny is I was actually watching, um, just recently watching all some of the first coaching calls of the program 
And one of them you came up in and I forget what you were talking about in that specific session, but it was so cool to see because in real time you created the result already. And like (laughs) in the call, it felt so far away. Um, So can you paint us a little bit of a picture of where your business was at, where your head was at as an entrepreneur, right? Um, as a coach, where was your head at before we started working before you got into the program, but also just like where you were in business? Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to be totally open and dump it all. (laughs) Please tell us for real. (laughs) So uh, at the point that I was coming to you, I, so I've been one-on-one coaching for three years. Um, and had been coaching in other capacities before that. And monetarily, so so in okay, so in terms of my coaching, I felt really secure in how I coach. You know, I'm a Wayfinder certified coach. I'm I'm well trained in the work I do. I have my own flavor to the work I do. I get amazing results for my people and I believe in them. And I felt so strong and good in the work that I was doing. And monetarily, I was set to gross for this year, like $43,000 in my coaching. And after, for me, after expenses, after taxes, um, I invest a lot in in remaining trained and making sure that I am at the top of my skill set and all of that. I was going to bring home like $25,000 to pay my bills and have my life. Um, and I'm very fortunate that I have resources from well back in my 20s. I'm 39 now, but when I was 20 in my 20s, I worked a corporate job. And so I was sort of like pulling from retirement if there was something we needed to do for our home. Like I've been pulling from savings and essentially like serving and loving to serve my people, but subsidizing my own work from my own resources. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And in the moment that I came to you, I feel so authentic and so real in all the ways that I show up. Like I'm really emotionally vulnerable publicly. Um, I feel really good in coaching spaces with my people. And so I couldn't understand what was stopping me from knowing how to show up authentically as a business owner for myself. And I had this moment, right? And I had this moment, I think I've described it to you where I was like lying, lying on the ground, staring up at the ceiling, you know, the love of my life was was pressing my feet because it's a nightly ritual that we do. (laughs) I'm really lucky. What? (laughs) Yeah. I want to get back to that one. (laughs) I I want that nightly ritual. (laughs) That my my husband is a hundred percent hearing about this tonight. Like, listen to this. (laughs) So, um, you know, lying there and catching up for 10 minutes, stretching my neck and getting my feet rubbed. And, and I just, I was like, I'm so tired of not feeling like I can show up fully in sharing about my work and making offers to people and making money. Like this is my livelihood. And somehow there's a block on me. And I was lying there and I said, fuck it. I'm working with that cat Del Carmen. I'm going to get on a call with her or something. And I just want to make sure she's not an asshole. And then if she's not, then I'm going to work with her because I need help. I like, I need to figure this out. And I literally, when I decided to work with you, like once Mm -hmm. I saw you're not an asshole, (laughs) So I've been following it's you for a while. y'all. Yeah. Yeah. I was it's like, what if one-on-one? So um, once I was like, nope, I, I feel good about you. I think you're going to challenge me. There are little spots of discomfort, but that's good. I I literally like drained. I had 6,000 excess sitting in my business account that I had left behind to invest in something. And I was like, I'm draining this shit. I'm draining it and I'm doing this because I cannot do this by myself anymore because there's clearly something I'm not figuring out. And that that's that's how I came to you. Wow. I don't think mm-hmm. I knew the whole story. No. But wow. So yeah. first of all, I just want to recognize how much 
awareness there was first of all of like wait like I have all these things down I feel really confident in all these areas but also like the intention of like no I'm going to do this and I actually mentioned this on um, the podcast episode I did with Soledad I think intentionality is super important when you make an investment especially like a hefty investment like you want to go into it like with an intention, not from like this place of like FOMO or this place of whatever, like uh, this place of like, I don't know. I think both of you in listening to the way that you guys, like how you just said it and she just said it on the last podcast episode, um, that's going to come out soon. It'll be out by the time you guys listen to this episode. But when both of you are like, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to fix this problem, or I'm going to create this. And like having that type of intention, I just want to call out to everyone listening that like you, it came out of Mira. So like, like simply like, oh yeah, whatever. But like, no, you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take out this money and I'm going to work with Kat and I'm going to solve this problem in my, in my business. And I think that's really important just to point out. And that's like straight intention. And I want to, I just wanted to point that out to the people (laughs) because if you're listening to this, it wasn't just like, you know, like you, you knew there was something else you knew. You're like, I want this how, okay. So that's how your business looked like ahead of time. You, you know, you decided to work with me. Tell us about the process in like, now we're working together. The mastermind has started, I mean, I guess I'll just tell you, I'll ask you the question very generally, but like, what, how the hell did you sell out your coaching practice for 2023? Like people are going to listen to this and think that is outrageous, like impossible. (laughs) Like they're going to be like this, this is a hundred percent. They're going to be like, this is, has to be impossible. I don't believe the, um, title of this episode. (laughs) Like they are going to think that like a lot of people, at least maybe not everybody. Um, I think what you have done is really amazing and like incredible. And like, I, as your coach, like your business coach, I want to know, like, how was Mira's process? Like, how did I know, I know you probably have like a long list of answers, so take your time in answering this. And I'm sure I'll have lots of questions in between, but I'll just ask it the most general way. Like how the hell did you sell out your coaching practice? Like basically a year ahead of time or not a year ahead of time, but like for the whole following year, tell us yeah, how did that start? <laughs> okay. Um. Here's where I want to kind of go deep. Do you want me to go deep first? Any or? direction you want. Like literally okay. just like we can start anywhere and we'll, I'll make sure we get to all the places. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, okay. I want to really drop deep because the thing I had said earlier, right. As we were just talking now was I feel really confidently in my practice I have clients who are having really amazing experiences. I'm lucky my clients are fucking amazing. Um, And I've even had client loads verging on what I've got for next year, which is these 12 folks that I'm working with for most of them for the whole year, a few who are ending halfway through the year because they started with me this year. Um, But You kept, so I kept thinking there's some block, there's some block, like there is something that for whatever reason, I'm not able to get there. Like I'm, I'm good at what I do. I have a viable business here doing what I love. And yet somehow I can't make a living and I'm freaked out by making offers and I just couldn't figure it out. And you have heard me say this word over and over predatory. I kept saying it, like, I don't want to be predatory. I don't want to have predatory practices. I don't want to prey on vulnerable people. And I think there were a couple of times that you specifically, you kind of wouldn't let it go. Like, I kept trying to be like, 
listen, Kat, I don't want to be predatory. So stop pushing me on price or stop pushing me on these things. And you were really pushing me on. Um, the, the thing I remember most strongly is you laughing in my face at one point. When, <laughs> very compassionate. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I know. It was hilarious. But something about you just bursting into laughter when I said the word predatory for like the 27th time. I think yeah. this was on a one-on-one -on -one in that moment. Yeah. And you said, tell me, you like looked at me, laughed in my face and said, tell me how you would be predatory. Yeah. Right. And I remember thinking, you know, I left that call. Like I, I heard you, but I also yeah. left that call and I was like, how would I be predatory? I literally thought yeah. if you put a gun to my head and said, Mira, now be predatory or you're yeah. not going to live. I was like, I don't think I could do it because even in this, this past year when money is tight and I could use money, I have literally turned away coaching clients when I have realized that what they need is like mental health support. Because I'm like, no, I don't want your dollars so much that I would override your well-being ever when I needed the money much more, right? Well, and this is why I was fucking laughing. Yes. Because I had gotten to the point where <laughs> I knew you well enough. And I'm like, this human right in front of me, one thing I know for sure is that they can't be predatory. Like it's not in their DNA. Like you yes. are such a person of integrity and like you, it's clear. It's a very clear how much, not only you love your community and the people you serve and your clients, but you like, you believe in them so deeply. And like, you just, you, you love the work you do. And that's always been very clear to me. And, and you, and you just love your people. Like you love your clients and, and, and honestly, you just, it seems like you, you just care about people, whether they're your clients or not. Like yes. you're a person who cares about humanity. You care about humans. Right. So hearing it from you, that's why I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> no, I'm not going to accept this. Like, this is such bullshit. Well, and I think that struck me more than if you had been like, let's work this through. Like you just bursting into laughter really <laughs> mirrored back how ludicrous it sounded, what I was saying. Yeah. And I, and, and this, the, the reason this is important, like that word and that my fixation is I realized so. I'm going to name something that a lot of my clients go through because I had this moment of being like, oh my God, I'm doing this to myself. So a ton of my clients in different ways, something we drop into is ways that like when we have seen systems that are oppressive and suppressive and incredibly harmful, sometimes we start to fear those systems themselves. So if we're like, Oh, if we've always seen people using power to suppress others, giving up their principles to access power, being really oppressive through power, then when we have power or we're in positions of power and authority, we can start to be like, shit, there is no way to do this. That like we start to be like power is suppressive and oppressive. And so, mm. right, right. Like, so we start to be like, I can't so have good. a relationship with that. Right. So good. And I, and I see this over and over, right? Because I coach leaders and then sometimes I coach folks on whole person stuff. And so often people will use these sort of systemic words like harm. We don't want to cause harm, but they're like using it on themselves because they're afraid to take up space and they don't want to cause harm. And so we get like really risk averse because we think we're going to be terrible once we're in that system too. Yes. And... That's exactly what I was doing because for me, the fact that me serving also happens to be my livelihood. I'm so freaking lucky. Like not everyone gets to have that. I was like, well, now I have to interface with capitalism. I have to interface with money and pricing. And the truth is that I have seen unbelievable amounts of predatory practices in those realms. And I've seen predatory, right? And I've seen, and you've probably seen too, I've seen predatory coaches who literally are like 
preying on suffering people, mm-hmm. gaslighting them. And that's their marketing is like, I'll gaslight you into working with me because it's your fault that your life is shit or you're having mental health struggles where we shouldn't even be as coaches. And so I, yes. Had, yeah, so I had seen that and I had in my head, I didn't even realize it. I had created people who are truly service oriented and people who were predatory and money obsessed. And I had fallen into this trap and I didn't even name it because I don't even think it, it wasn't like a logical thought out thing, but it was like, well, if I have to think about the fact that this is my livelihood, if some part of this work does have to serve me, then I guess I'm no longer serving generously and you know, basically I'm no longer serving if I'm not in the red. And if any of this becomes self-serving, I'm going to become predatory. I'm going to be preying on folks who are experiencing oppression, who I promised to serve. And I just couldn't get out of that. That First of all, the way you explained that was just so well done. (laughs) I couldn't have said it better. And I, I think a lot of us carry that type of thinking. I mean, just like, I mean, because the, at least the women I work with, the people I work with, um, they're typically a part of some marginalized communities as well. Mm-hmm. And I know as a person who not only grew up with like a whole bunch of money issues being raised by a single mom, but also just, I remember even experiencing this in my career, in my nine to five, when I would be negotiating Like when I negotiated for like my salary, I remember, especially towards the end of before I quit my job, I was negotiating bigger amounts of money. And I remember one specific time, um, I think I've talked about it in some old episode where I think I, I, I asked for like 15 K or 20 K raise. And I remember the only reason I did was because this other job had offered me this big raise, but I didn't want to leave. And I remember that was probably the most, one of the most uncomfortable conversations that I've had to have. I had to have at that time because I felt like I was wearing a label of like greedy. I felt like I was wearing a label of self interested and uh, selfish, yeah. which is like looking back, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, no, yeah. <laughs> but I remember just, it felt like a scarlet letter. Like it felt like everybody knows that I am self-interested and that I'm greedy and that like, I, I remember looking at like the HR people and the CEO, cause it was a smaller tech company at that time. I remember thinking, I was like, they're all having conversations about me. How greedy. Well, first of all, nobody cared that much. I'm sure. <laughs> but like, that's how it felt. Like it felt this way because I was demanding or whatever, like this amount of pay, which I know this is kind of like a little different. Right. But I I just remember having those feelings of like, this isn't right because the way I grew up, you you're thankful what you get, right. You, you don't ask for extra. You should be thankful. You have a job. They already pay you really well. Right. Like that's the story I was told. So doing, you know, take negotiating, right. Like negotiating as itself, like as that act is already so self-interested and like, you shouldn't do that. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Anyways, it just reminds me of this conversation. So thank you so much for sharing that. Cause it's like, so, okay. Tell us how did you, how, so tell us like, so there was the awareness piece, right. Where you're like, whoa. Yep. Pat laughed, which by the way, I think I've never heard you say it back to me. Like, this is what happened. And I'm like, fuck, did I fucking laugh? <laughs> Just like, whatever. Um, no, 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 no. But I, I do want to know. So like you had the awareness, right? Like you had, we had that call. We have, we talked about it multiple times. I feel like mm-hmm. coaching and one-on-one, but you had the realization, you saw it for yourself, right? You saw like, oh shit, like I'm making it, I'm telling myself this story. How did you unravel that? So you could really step into, I am allowed to charge X, Y, Z prices. It's not predatory. I'm not predatory. Like tell us how, how that, how, how you 
kind of unraveled that old belief, right? Yeah. And, and started thinking differently. Yeah. Um, so the first thing I had to do, literally, when I when I realized I was even having this thought, that it was even available to me to think the only way I could have livelihood in my work where I serve so generously and I serve so freely too. I give a lot for free to people that aren't paying me. When I realized, wow, I, I'm not even allowing myself a path to have a relationship with this, to have a livelihood here, it actually kind of broke my heart. Um, and this happens for me with my clients too, in these moments, right? Where I'm like, why would you think that you can't have power or that you would be evil? I mean, that's kind of what these language, this language is, right? So the first piece I would, you know, it was one of these moments where I was like, oh, I I have to coach myself the way I would coach my clients, right? Because I'm here with them so often. And it was first just like, I just need to trust myself. And I think the hard thing about trust is trust doesn't work with future evidence. Trust is just fucking trust, right? It's a leap of faith. And so um, there was some searching for evidence. You had asked, I think, another question when you were first challenging me on prices. I think this was in the group context. And um, I think I had made some comment like, you know, I'm not somewhat, I have a lot of things in my life, like time and service that matter to me. So I'm not like trying to make 500K someday. I think I just thrown out this number, right? Because, because money is one component for me, but not very super central to how I think. And you've met me there. I want to, I want to actually really appreciate that, that you've kind of met me in the fact that money is not at the forefront for me, but it is something that I need and challenging me without saying that I have to think differently ultimately about what drives me. Cause you don't. (laughs) I know, but I, but I also, I'm like, you know, I, I didn't know when I yeah. came to you, right? Because you do use certain language and many people do when we're talking about yeah. our business. Like and that's, six figures, yeah, six figures, yeah. and a millionaire. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, and I really appreciate how you have met me and recognizing that that's not necessarily how I talk. But I had thrown out that phrase, just like, I mean, I'm not trying to make 500,000. And you just looked me in the face and you were like, what would you do if you grossed 500,000? And I, I blinked at you for a little bit. <laughs> and then, and I remember feeling resistant and mad about it. Like, oh, she, she, I said it, money doesn't work. And then, but, but I, you know, I like to entertain, when I feel resistant, I always know it's important. And um, when I sat in that question, I, I remember that the answers I gave were, and I think I sounded like it was a revelation. I was like, oh, I, I would serve some people for free who can't even afford like my most accessible rates. I I could serve for free. I, I could take care of myself and, and be more creative. I could create more work that could reach more people, even the ones that aren't working with me. And it was just, I was like, I'll be in my head when I left that session. Cause we, we stopped there, but I left and I was like, man, I would be like, buying land on the flathead. Like if I ever had wealth like that, I'd be buying land on the flathead so I could give it back to the tribe. Like I, right. I was thinking of the things that I, how much I already donate monthly from even when I'm in the red, a percentage of my money, you know, goes to communities I believe in. And I'm like, I could up that. So moments like that of being like, yo, if you were handed massive amounts of wealth, like it hasn't shifted my thinking on what I feel is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm not necessarily like jetting for that number, but yeah. just yeah. the fact that you said, if you had massive abundance, what would you do? And all I could think about beyond, you know, some taking care of myself was like, oh, I could take care of more people. So many people. Yeah. Yes. Because I would have enough. And I would no longer have to be overextended in order to serve. I could actually be well cared for. Yeah, this is such an important conversation. You know, when just watching you talk about this, I'm like, yeah, and this is why I 
love the work that I do. And this is why I continue to do the work that I do, because I deeply believe that more money in the hands of people like you is really important. And, you know, I, cause I, I dabble. I mean, I, I, as much as I like talk about all the money I want to make and will make, I think that's just naturally who I am. Like since I was a little girl. Right. But that being said, I am so fully aware of the state of this world and not even the world, just like fucking LA and the community, like literally direct community that like, I mean, my own personal thinking of like, what will I do when I have all this money or what can I do? Or like really exploring what I want, you know, when I, when I make it to all the, whatever my next goal is, well, next year, my goal is 500 K, but you learn really quickly. that It takes a lot to run a 500 K business too. regardless, (laughs) Regardless, um, I look like we're just watching you say this and thinking about everyone else in the group, thinking about the people that I've worked with. I'm like, yes, I want more money in the hands of like you. So like, if I have to swallow my own, not pride, but if I have to feel really uncomfortable, um, while I grow my business and kind of just learn, cause I'm still learning y'all. Like I, I'm learning what I'm doing to get to my next level too. Like I'm, I'm just learning. Right. So like, I'm still navigating a space and seeing what that looks like and who I'm becoming. Right. Like in, in this space, I continually go back to like, no, but this is why it's important. Like, this is why it's important for me to continue doing the work is because I want more cash in the hands of you. Right. And I tell myself that story so that I can do like, this is all a ripple fleck. And I think it's the same with, for those of you listening and you, um, it's the same for you and your clients, right? Like you have to go through a whole bunch of uncomfortable and you, and the sucky part and the great part is that you have to continue having growth, right? (laughs) You like, not only do you get to just coach your amazing clients, but it's like growth as a coach, especially coaching, like you have to continually grow so you can pave the path for your people or, and when I say pave the path, it doesn't have to be a direct path, but it's like, you're paving a very uncomfortable growth path, um, for the people that you're coaching or that look up to you or your family or your friends, like who, who knows who those people are, but this is why the work is so important. Like the work is important because of the domino effect. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And I feel like, I feel like coming to that, to this realization, um, actually this, this ties really well into some other things I was going to add to your first question, right. Of just like, how did I do this? Because once I sat in, like, I can re hold on quick thing. Sorry. I'll like you'll splice this. So once I decided I was worthy of my own trust, like, I think that was a really important choice to be like, I am not going to turn into a monster here. So it is okay to tackle these things. And I don't have to be a monster to interface with livelihood and money and making offers. Then it was the second question, which is also something that comes up with coaching folks, like my coaching folks, which is um, if you don't have to interface with these systems in the ways that you view as toxic, then what principles do you show up with? Right. So like, so good. Yeah. And, and so I was like, okay, Mira, what does it mean to be who I am everywhere else here too? So the things that you were challenging me in were so important, just like really pushing on these uncomfortable buttons inside of me around the idea that it's not okay to charge more for my work, that I 
and predatory, all that stuff. But then I was like, okay, if I'm going to show up, if I'm going to be me, what is that? What is being me? And I, and I thought about everything else that I do and how centered in my work is my own radical honesty, my vulnerability, just in terms of my public persona. And then equality, which for me, when I talk about equality in coaching spaces, I rarely talk about myself. I'm really focused on inquiry with the person I'm working with. And in order to create equality, it means that outside of that, when they're getting my emailed love notes, when they're hearing from me, they are seeing how human I am. And so I make a point to not be some like wise person sitting you know, up on a mountain somewhere. And I know so much better than everyone. I'm like, no, I am human. I am experiencing stuff in my own life. And so then I was like, okay, these are central tenets, like just deep honesty and quality and humility and, you know, showing up as a full vulnerable person. What does that look like when I have a conversation about money? Yes. Right. And where I started was just even in my offers, for my offers to be open and generous, for people to hear where I'm inviting them in, but also where I'm uncertain, for my emails to share, you know, when I'm sending these love notes, I have been sharing in real time about some of the real emotional struggles that have come up as I've launched these spots, as I've found my own trauma in there, and unexpectedly so. And I think all of those things kind of go against this idea that the world has created that when we talk about money and our prices, we almost become impenetrable. Like, I need to prove I'm worth charging this much. And so it needs to seem like everything's booming and I'm great. And I was like, actually, these are resources. And one of the things I told you early on when you were looking at, because I have tiered prices, right? And you weren't yes. so sure 100%. about those. I was like, wait, 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 we gotta, we gotta look into this. I don't know. About yeah. This. And, and I don't know if you remember that I, one of the first things I said to you is I trust my people. I trust my people so deeply. I don't think anyone will try to get the lowest price just to get it because everyone I work with is thinking as systemically as I am. And I remember that. Yeah. And I, so then I was like, well, what does it mean for me to be equally giving in a conversation with a client? And so I would, where I started to even grapple with talking about money and prices were with my current clients who I was talking to about renewals. And some of them were seeing like double the price they had been paying for the year of work with me now. Yeah, Um, And in one case, someone chose to pay my wealth sharing. So she's paying almost three times what she paid before. Wow. Right. And being able to have these conversations in such an honest way to say part of why I'm changing these prices is they haven't been sustainable for me. And I want to be serving our whole community. So while you're paying to work with me, you're also paying to help me keep serving all of us. And so you are subsidizing work for other people that won't be able to work with me one-on-one and you have to be okay with that. And we also were able to have honest conversations around what wealth is and why it is that I would say that dipping into your savings is not financial hardship, um, but a choice. And I just, I feel like the thing that shifted is um, I started realizing like, I'm just showing up here the same way I show up everywhere else. And in doing so, my relationships with people, even if they said, you know what, now is not the time for me to prioritize this work. Like even those conversations were deepening our relationship and allowing me, like allowing me to show up as a person. Cause I had clients saying, yeah. And I mean, you need to take care of yourself too. Yeah. As we were talking about money. Right. Um, And so just to feel that I could show up in these conversations where I was so convinced there was no way to do it except disingenuously or in a predatory way. And then be like, no, because I don't show up like that. I can show up my way in these conversations and I'm not going to be viewed 
as less competent or capable. I don't need to fake being a different kind of person. Mm -hmm. I need to integrate this into exactly who I am everywhere else Mm -hmm. because it's actually building trust. My clients, I think, trust me more deeply now. Yeah. Because I've been open about why I've been changing my prices and that I need to, and that they have total agency, you know, to say no, to not prioritize this. You can always not prioritize this, like, you know, and hundred percent. So, you know, you said something, you started out with this. I don't, yeah, you started, I forget when you said this, but you said, and I might not be saying this like verbatim, but I'm not going to turn into a monster. And I wrote that down because the self-trust that is needed when you scale your business is so incredibly important. And especially like that, I'm not going to turn into a monster. I think that's something that so many of us can be nervous about because we don't want to turn into like these people, especially like, I want to make a shit ton of fucking money. And I'm like, and, and I'm like, and I'm, oh, I've had so many conversations with myself of like, who is this version? And I think, and I'm not saying that like, we can't evolve as people and even as in a bad way. Right. Like, I'm not even saying that, but like, I continuously have this conversation with myself around like, it's almost like a temperature check of like, okay, cat, especially, you know, what will do this for me is big amounts of abundance will ground me really, really quickly. And mm-hmm. I, I experienced this at 200 K and I experienced this at 50 K my first 50 K like in a short period of time. And I remember like it quickly, it, it was, it was, I didn't fully grasp an understanding of that kind of abundance so quick. And it felt so uncomfortable for me that it, it, it really had me feeling like this, like I'm turning into a monster and this is like, what, what if I can't c- control this or what if it keeps going? Like I have to like basically make myself smaller because that is way more comfortable. Yeah. And I just want, and and based off of this phrase that you were like, I'm not going to turn into a monster, but like trusting yourself along the way. And I just, for the folks listening that like, as you create more and more like cash and money and value into the world, I want to just tell you that you can trust yourself to not turn into what you deeply don't want to turn into. Um, but it will take so much building trust one brick at a time. And that's okay. Like there isn't a rush. There isn't, you know, whatever. I I know that this is the, I have to have these conversations with myself often of like, am I really doing this? Like who I've been thinking about it so much because next year I want to do 500 K. And then I like thinking about it, talking about it. I'm a talker, you know? So like I could talk about it real easy, but like really putting myself in a position and like, like thinking deeply of like, what does it feel like to create 500 K or 700 K? And in my body, it feels very dangerous. It feels very dangerous and it's for the same reason. So how I'm preparing myself right now is just telling myself the things I'm going to want to tell myself on this journey of like, I'm safe in making this much money. I'm I'm not predatory. I'm not this. I'm not that. I trust myself on this journey. I trust who I'm becoming. I trust, you know, really building belief ahead of time because even putting myself there now feels so far, like it feels so unsafe. So I have to like learn how to create the safety now to, and so I'll be ready because the shit's going to come up, right? The trauma is going to come up, right? So it'll come up and I just want to be able to hold some space for myself and compassion and love for myself as I do that. Um, so I just wanted to mention that. Okay. Let's, I do, I, we, I, we could be here talking forever. I could literally pick your brain forever, but I have two questions left. One is I want to ask you from 
we've talked a lot in the mastermind and in our coaching around like all the shit that came up when you were launching, but I want to ask you, you decided to do like a launch style and sell, and you intentionally decided like, I want to try to sell out 2023. I think I, I I did encourage it, I believe, (laughs) (laughs) but I want to know when you made that decision, what, like, what motivated you to go do it? And like, what was the experience like in the action? Right. Like once you were there and I think it, I correct me if I'm wrong, this could have, I don't know if it started, but we did a challenge within the mastermind I think I called it unapologetic August, which I still vomit <laughs> at that name. I'm going to come up with a new name, but whatever. Um, but we did a challenge and the whole point of the challenge, it was like a marketing challenge. And the whole point was like, what if we throw out all the rules of when you're supposed to post and what you're supposed to post? And like, what if you just like, literally, I don't give a fuck. I'll post five times a day if I feel like it. And I'll post no times a day. If I feel like it, like every rule is out the window and you just get to like, literally just be homies with your like content for whatever way you give content and just like give whenever the fuck you want to give. If you want to write an email with like two sentences, like do it right. All the rules out. I, I think that I remember having conversations with you about marketing and then that kind of like led, correct me if I'm wrong to like this thought of like, okay, maybe I could launch, like maybe I could do this launch and see what happens. But tell me about like, the process of launching and like, act, like literally creating the result, right? Like close, uh, what do you call it? What, what, selling out, <laughs> selling out all of your 2023 pri- um, spots. Tell me about the process and launching marketing and all that. Yeah. Um, okay. So one thing that was really helpful for me because I can get really laser focused and then that's not always great for me in terms of staying balanced. So one of the things that super helped me was your uh, almost obsession with the idea that everything's an experiment. It's a good, it's a good obsession. (laughs) So um, just you reiterating over and over that literally everything is an experiment was super helpful to me because then it made it that this concept of launching could be an experiment. And the thing that I was very consciously experimenting with even here was, okay, again, what are my principles and my integrity? And what does that look like in a launch, even if it's different than what I've seen for everyone else? And the two really big ones for me is that I am very against false scarcity for other people and for myself. Um, And I'm also against false urgency. And I think that capitalistic culture creates that, this idea that there's not that many spots or there's not that many this or that. And at the same time, right? So I kept thinking like, what do I need to understand for myself? Like when I'm making offers, how do I make them in a way that feels truthful to my people? Um, I remember someone asking me last year when I had written somewhere that I had just two spots left. Um, this person had said to me, Hey, did you fill those final two spots? And then said sort of as an afterthought, I mean, if they were real, I don't, I don't know if that was just a marketing thing. And I they said this to Mira. Yes. He said, this is not someone who knows me very well. <laughs> and I remember thinking I'm never going to be that person. Like uh... when I say something is what it is, I am an honest sharer of all things, including in my marketing, right? But but that was really sticking with me that I don't want to become that person or create urgency. So the most important thing for me this time was to say, how does this look for me? Like, how does this work for me? And it was a little complicated because obviously making offers is something that's been uncomfortable for me because of the whole predatory narrative from before. And so I had to find that line between when was I actually applying my principles of not creating urgency and scarcity, and when was I sort of hiding behind my principles because I was uncomfortable. And so I think I've learned a lot there. Like there's a lot, there are places when I, moments when I hid, and there are also moments that I showed up in my integrity. So the thing I'm like really proud of is just 
instead of thinking I have to hit this number and I have to hit it in order to have success, although that did come up for me and I then had to deal with why it is I would feel so afraid of not getting something Mm -hmm. um, and how I wanted to trust myself to offer myself compassion if I was disappointed or I felt sad or bad. In addition to all of that, it was also like, how do I show up in this and just make sure everyone knows I'm here because I'll be so sad if I fill a 12th spot and a 13th or 14th person shows up and didn't even know, mm-hmm. like didn't even know that I ha- had something for them. So that to me was the deepest motivation. And then I felt so excited to play with how I could do this without creating urgency. And so I was really deeply honest with people on my wait list. Like, there's way more of you here than I have spots. And then it actually turned out only two people off that wait list, maybe three, I think three people off that wait list ended up choosing to work with me. And I went right back to the wait list and said, you know, I thought there was going to be like a flood here. And I was worried about that. That didn't happen. So if you still want to talk to me, I'm here. There's no urgency. I'm not going to be vetting you and rejecting you. And I'm sorry if I created that feeling for you. And so to just know that, and, and to really then go through the feelings of, I worried, I worried like, oh, are they going to think, wow, Mira thought she has this great business and she didn't get what she thought, right? I worried about that. And then I said, that's not my integrity. My integrity is always being honest and open and never creating false urgency or lying to create some idea of who I am. And so I'd rather go back to everyone and say, hey, I thought it was going to go this way and it didn't. And I also apologize if that created scarcity for you by accident. Mm -hmm. And I'm here and I'm a person that runs this business and does this work and I'm still here. And so to do that like over and over and be like, how can I be so deeply honest and, and consider that to be a launch? That's just how I've proceeded. And so... I think you saw me, you might've seen me post in our group when I closed that final spot because a part of me was like, huh? Kind of because on the one hand, of course I knew that I only had the one spot open. And on the other hand, I was trying to do this so naturally and so truthfully that it still surprised me when all of a sudden it was like all spots filled and technically two weeks left to go in this timeline. I guess I just closed things now. Uh, Yeah. uh, It was beautiful hearing that because I feel like, I felt like um, a lot of my business feels like that too. I mean, I'm like, you you know, I already said this. I'm very businessy and like, (laughs) I am a big talker and that's just how I naturally am. But like what's always served me well. And I actually think that this serves me well in, as I scale my business too, especially because my coaches are even more, um, what's the word? (laughs) My coaches are even like more strategy and like business and like, they're just more other level than me. And I've found myself so many times in thinking like, no, 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 no. The next level of cat needs to be like here and here and here, or like the next level of revenue or whatever of my business. I need to be this person and this person and this person. And I'm constantly reminded that the, the, the impact I want to make in through my business the money I want to make, the whatever the goals I want to achieve, like they happen when I treat my audience, the like, just like my homies, like my, my loved ones, like people, like I hate the hierarchy in a lot yes. of coaching that is like, I'm the coach. And like, I know better. It's like, no, I know literal better in like one area. Um, and that's like, it's okay. Like <laughs> so true. real here. And that's the honest truth is like, I think it value, it's been such valuable to me. It's been so valuable to me to see my audience as like my equals. And like, I'm just trying to help them in like literally one area of their life. And that's my goal here. And they can help me with something because they're all just as brilliant in some, in their own way. Right. And like their viewpoint and seeing 
looking at my audience like that, viewing them like that, believing that they're my equals, believing that there's like really no difference. And I'm the people I'm really talking to in my marketing are just, they're humans that really want to grow their business. And like, that's it. And it's as simple as that. It gives me such permission to just be super real with them and, 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 and go out there and market and give value from a place of like, just, honesty and love. Um, and literally over and over and over again, that has helped me achieve my goals. Like also monetarily, <laughs> like yeah. also with the abundance. So a hundred, a hundred, a hundred percent. I think, I mean, what you, the way you explained how you created it and like the way you thought of your marketing, I think the biggest issue, a lot of at least my clients have or future clients have is the belief they have about their audience. I think it's easy for like, I think a lot of people in, in my audience, they, like we were talking about earlier, they don't want to get into like that predatory area, right? They don't want to become these capitalistic monsters. That's for sure. And that, that belief is so strong that they also start believing a lot of things about their audience or their clients or future clients that are also untrue things like they're broke or they can't afford this or whatever and I received coaching years ago probably now that I, I forget what exactly they told me but it was something like well what makes it available to you, but not your audience. Right. So like, I remember paying for my first mastermind and being so nervous and scared. And like, you know, I was just like, Oh, is this the right decision and living with that discomfort. And I remember when I was raising my prices, my coach was like, well, why is this available to you? Like this feeling, this experience, why are you letting it be available to you, but not your clients? Like you have these beliefs that like, Oh, for that, like, this is too much for them. This is, they can't make these decisions on their own. Right. Like they, and it's, you got to catch your thinking, like you're thinking about how you're thinking about them. Like there's the caring and the love, but there's also just like, you don't want to just believe shit about them because society told you to. Um, so anyways, and I'm going down a different rabbit hole (laughs) and we're getting close to time. So, Okay. (laughs) Last question. Do you want to add anything to that actually before I move on? No, I worry that it will take us down another one hour rabbit hole. I clearly we could talk for clearly we're seven hour interview. (laughs) We shared. (laughs) I think we just like coaching. Um, okay. So first of all, I just want to congratulate you. Thank you. And I really just hope like you literally so tell us the result you created um what you do this is gonna be so uncomfortable (laughs) I know I had to really breathe through oh we're talking about money um so I ended up hitting about 54,000 in revenue for this year which is a bit above in retainers from folks and then um, for next year as planned, because I secure monthly payments, Mm -hmm. um, I will be working with 12 clients through some for the whole year, some will end halfway through the year. So I'll probably Mm -hmm. take on a few more halfway through the year, but we are looking at a hundred thousand in revenue before expenses and all of that. So congratulations. uh, Thank you. You did it and you did it your way. And one of the rules that I shared you guys before the mastermind started, I was like, I don't know what number it was, but I was like, okay, you guys, this is the process. Trust the process. This is like the show up and lead process. I want you to trust it. I want you to just believe that what I'm saying is true and that it can work for you. Right. And then I, right after that, I was like, but you also have to discern what's for you and what's not for you. And I think that's just as important. And I think that's one thing that has made, um, my coaching, like the coaching I've received in the, the groups that I'm a part of, 
I, one thing I do really well is discern what's for me and what's not for me. And like, I just decide and it's not a big deal for me and it's done me so well. And I think, I don't, we've never talked about this, but I think you've also done that really well where you're like, okay, I don't know about this cat, but like, I will take this (laughs) and really grab on to what feels really right. Right. Like in terms of like the direction you coach yourself on, um, it seems like you've done that really well. And I just want to like commend you on that. And also tell everybody else, like, look, when you're working with a coach, it doesn't mean you have to be like a replica of their process or like you gotta do everything in it. I think it serves you well to like, believe that this process works, but it doesn't mean you have to like do every single thing. Like you always want to check with like what feels right to you and in, what's an in integrity with you yeah. and your business because it's your business. So anyway, I, a lot of me talking, sorry. I No, I wanted to say this sort of in my own words. Cause I think that what I realized very quickly and early on is I wanted to engage with your process fully and always engage with it in my own integrity. And so sometimes that meant hearing a place where you were poking at me or challenging me or where I felt really resistant to something that you were saying or sharing and still to just take that back and either learn something from my resistance or end up moving past something in my own way, but to always, again, trust that I knew how to mold or integrate my own principles into the process that you've been offering us. And I think that it's entirely possible to do that. And it's been really powerful to have made that decision that way for me. Yeah. Well, congratulations. I'm so excited for you. I cannot like wait to see the direction your business goes. I think people... I mean, you ask me, I think Mira needs to take up so much more space in the world. (laughs) Um, Not needs to, but like, it's such a gift um, to, to the world, the work that you do and just your energy alone is just like so beautiful. So thank you. And okay. Where can the people like where for the people who are like, oh my God, who is this Mira? I need to learn more about her. Like where do I find her? Where can people find you, learn about you? Where should they follow you? Um, I am on Instagram at Mira Mo Graham. Are you going to put links? Sorry, I should just, I will, I will, I will put the link. Okay. So, um, Mira is spelled M E E R A. So I'm on Instagram at Mira Mo Graham. Uh, my website is miragram.com. And you can sign up for my love notes. That's probably the absolute best way to get to know me because they are so radically honest and so vulnerable. And a lot of people just stay connected with me that way. And those are emails, by the way, just so oh. people know. <laughs> like, oh, like, do I get them in the mail? Gonna get some weird <laughs> snail <laughs> mail. I don't know. Gonna be really yeah, no boundary. Make sure you sign up for her love notes via email um, and follow her on Instagram. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on the show. I know you're a busy woman. So thank you. I appreciate you. And I'll see you soon. Okay. I'll see you soon. Hey, amiga. If you are not on my email list, you are missing out on some juicy content. I share sales and marketing tips every single week. Plus, you're the first to know about new freebies and webinars and all the other things fun happening. To get on the list, sign up for my free training, How to Sell Out for Figure Offers. This training will also shift your mindset around what it really takes to book out your coaching business. So sign up in the show notes or on my website, katdalcarmen.com to be added to the email list. I will see you next time. Mwah.